Noah, can you also explain to those who don't know who Yarl Poof is? He is like if a giraffe was hairless. Start your sublight engines. It's time for RuPaul's Pod Race, a queer Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to another week of chaos. The journey to the Book of Boba Fett has begun. This is the first of our little preparation for our very special, our, our, our very special man who's going to be coming at the end of December. It's our bounty hunter episode. I'm Claudia. My pronouns are she, her. My social media, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter is at Kaludia says at the K-A-L-U-D-I-A says. And my bounty hunter themed gender of the week is Din Djarin using a rent-a-car because he does not have a car anymore and uh, Boba Fett is off doing his own thing and I think he's got a very divorced dad kind of energy. He doesn't have his kid. He doesn't have a car. He's just... Does <laughs> he rent another Civic or is it a different model of car? Okay, I think he's at a uh, Toyota Camry. I'm Noah. My pronouns are he, him. You can find me on TikTok at the Jewish Jedi. And my gender this week is Django Fett's excess juices collector. What? Huh? <laughs> it's a fucking Django juice joke. I hate you guys. I, I, I see. I see the. I see yeah. the, the. That yeah. If, for the listeners. Oh my at god! Home, Someone he, take a screenshot. I will post a picture of this on our Twitter when the episode drops. For for the episode listeners at home, he is he did take a a, a thermos water bottle and put a piece of paper it's on a sticky it. Note. Whatever that says. It says excess Django juice. They couldn't have used all of it to okay, make the I, I okay. did read that as extra small. <laughs> it's because it's I'm, it's I'm, it's I'm in chemistry right now. Also, it is a Rina Sawayama reference, but I guess not all of us are cultured. It's okay. I, I got the reference. Thank you, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Jess. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on TikTok and Twitter at Kawaii Jessio. And my gender this week is I'm Ezra Bridger and I'm Bosk and you're watching Disney Channel <laughs> because they did interact in a, one of the children's books. I'm in love with the idea of Bosk doing the little Mickey Mouse logo dance. Yeah, me too. Just the imagery of that is a lot for me and I really appreciate that. Hi, my name is Mel. I use they them pronouns. You can find me on social media at Melvin Culpa and specifically on TikTok at Grunkle Rex. Uh, and my gender this week is Totoro Calican. You know, the bounty hunter Toro Calican. Anyways. Totoro, uh, like my neighbor Totoro. <laughs> yeah. This week, uh, Ali is not going to be joining us. Um, and so I have uh, been asked to announce their gender also from from beyond. Ali's gender is in Carbonite. So. <laughs> 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 Just like Han Solo. Ollie's Han Solo. But does that mean this is the war of the bounty hunters with the rest? <laughs> yeah, everyone, quick. What is your bounty hunter? Not not like the one that you're talking about this episode today, but which one of, from War of the Bounty Hunters are you? I did not I read Boba. the comic yet, so... I also um, have not read the comic yet, uh, but I... I, I Jess, tell us quickly. Yeah, who's okay, in the Okay, so um, there's Boba. Uh, there's... I don't know if y'all know about Valance. <laughs> I know. I don't even actually really know if he's a bounty hunter. Sorry, I haven't actually read bounty hunters like Star Wars bounty hunters. Uh, who else is there? Freaking Zuckus, my enemy. <laughs> for is long. Ambo there? Ambo's not there. Is Bosk there? Is, I'll just be Bosk. Bosk is there. Obsessed with Ambo. <laughs> Bosk is there. Kira is there, but she's not really a bounty hunter either. But you know, she's there. She's just a girl boss. She's just a girl boss hanging out. Um. Uh. What's his name? Fucking Dengar's there. Not a lot of 
are bounty hunters in this bounty hunter comic. I am Dr. Afra. Yeah. Oh yeah, Dr. Afra's there. She's not a bounty hunter. But she's not she's a, a girl bounty boss. hunter. She's just a it's bounty hunters and girl bosses. So, so it's to be war, war of the, of the Yeah, war of the girl bosses. We're going to talk about all of our favorite bounty hunters other than Boba Fett. Uh, we will be talking about him in preparation next week. Who would like to begin? I can actually go first. The bounty hunter that I'm talking about today is Jango Fett. So Jango Fett is a bounty hunter. In in Legends, he does end up becoming the Mandalore, but that doesn't happen in canon. Um, canon, he's the guy responsible for donating a healthy quantity of Jango juice to the Grand Army of the Republic uh, to grow their clone armies. So he is the progenitor of all clones. Um, he is also in, co- in close cohorts with Craig, our favorite grandpa Jedi, um, who I believe- That's Dooku a- for those following <laughs> along at home. Um, not, to be, not to be a fake fan on Maine, but I do believe it's it's Dooku that hires him, right? It's Sifo Diaz. Wait, I, I've I've read Je- Dooku Jedi Lost, but Mel, you you've you read so, it recently. That doesn't happen in in Dooku Jedi Lost. Um, but Craig hires Django, who hires Sam to kill Padme. <laughs> oh and yeah, it's like a, it, it, it's it the M- it's Dooku's MLM. Uh, well, it's like not Dooku. Uh, yeah, it's MLM. Palpatine's it's MLM. Palpatine's MLM. Who like who hires somebody? Who hires somebody? I fucking hate that. But like I. I, for some reason, I know so much about Star Wars, but then I think about, like, what occurs in Attack of the Clones to uh, occur the clone army, and then my brain shorts out. <laughs> so it's who... They're like, oh, Jedi sifo Dias ordered the clone army. Yeah. So this is, <sighs> this is how the scene goes. Fucking Obi-Wan struts in like a whore. <laughs> and... and <laughs> <laughs> the Kaminoans are like, oh my god, finally the Jedi's here to get their clone army. And Obi-Wan's like, girl, what the fuck are you talking about? And they go and roll up and meet Jango. And Jango's like, oh yeah, Darth Tyrannus told me, come over here, donate your Jango juice, and I will pay you good. And he was like, sure. That is what happened. He does not know that it's Dooku. Well, I mean, he probably does know that it's Dooku. Okay, but also Jango, like, buddy. The, the Sith have not existed for a while, and then this man being like, "Hi, my name is Darth Tyrannus. Okay, well, I'd like to hire you to give a lot of your Django juice." And he's like, eh, "Fuck it." Like, I mean, not like for moral reasons, but like, wouldn't you have a lot of questions? He's a bounty hunter, and it's money. But you want to know a really fun thing in Legends that further complicates this narrative? So, um, when Django is the Mandalore and he is basically on the run from some people trying to blow him up for a long, complicated set of reasons, Jedi are dispatched to deal with this problem. Would you like to guess which Jedi master? Is I know who it is. I know who it is. I know who it is. Obi-Wan? It's Craig Dooku. Yes, it oh. is. Yes, yeah. it is. Oh, Craig snap. Dooku shows up on the scene with his Padawan. His Padawan murders. Real Avaros? Uh, no, this is no, this is legends. This is remember, this is legends. It's not. Kara. Oh, it's um, what's his name? Um, Kamari Vosa. Oh no, then okay, I was thinking yeah. of somebody else. Anyway, the point is, Dooku shows up. Django is there. They're fighting. This is also when Django is like, "Well, blasters aren't working." Start throwing things at them. So they launch projectiles, grenades, rocket launchers. It doesn't work. This culminates in my favorite piece of Django Fett legends lore, and this is all legends. This is just from Wikipedia. Um, he kills six Jedi with his bare hands. That's very sexy of him. Like, good for him. I know that's not canon, but I was like, damn. Uh, okay. Um, those are just like some fun, like, legends. Roshan Ro could never. 
so true bestie but I also was just like fascinated by that because then I'm like so wait when Dooku calls you like a couple years later and you're like hey how do I remember that voice the biggest difference, though, in his actual, like, canon story, so that's all legends, and his legend story, like, most legend stories, does go kind of off the rails, but it was actually pretty cohesive in the overview, which is which was nice. Um, it was a fun read-through. So, canon Django is basically what we see in Attack of the Clones, and not much before that. So, I know that basically uh, in Legends, he was a spice miner slave, um, which I do believe eventually led to him getting the fire spray ship, like the now iconic one. Um, Boba Fett starship. Boba Fett starship. Yeah. Wait, and that's why he calls um, it slave one? not my starship. What do you call me? <laughs> like, this is long after he's been a slave, but yes, basically um, he finds a series of six of six fire spray class ships and it's like, I like this one and he steals it. And that's where he ends up with it in Legends. So um, he was originally a spice mine slave and then he becomes a Mandalorian. No. So he is a Mandalorian. He His parents get killed by Death Watch. This is an overview and I'm going to get some stuff wrong just as a disclaimer. He, his parents get killed by Death Watch. Jaster Mareel takes him in, the current Mandalore at the time, raises him. Uh, a lieutenant betrays Jaster Mareel. He is killed. Jango Fett goes back to the other Mandalorians and is like, this lieutenant is a jackass and he abandoned my dad. Uh, and that's why Jaster Mareel is dead. So the other guy's like, well, Jaster would want me to be the Mandalore anyway. And they're all like, no, he wouldn't. We all hate you. So then Django becomes the Mandalore. That battle I mentioned uh, with with Craig Dooku is also where most of those Mandalorians do end up perishing. So Django is left alone for a hot second. And I believe it is in that period of time that he ends up becoming a slave. He went from being the Mandalore to being a spice mine slave? Yeah, yeah. Um, This is from Wikipedia. As a result of the Death Watch's machinations and the leader's aggressive reaction, Fett's true Mandalorians were wiped out. Fett, the sole Mandalorian survivor of the battle, was subdued by the Jedi who were forced to deliver him into the custody of the governor of Galadron, which is the planet they were fighting on. Stripped of his armor, he was sold into slavery. And then he did spend five, he spent years as a slave on a spice transport. To the to our Mandalorian lore masters who I know listen to this podcast, we are so sorry that because I was about to say I'm like I'm like I have a I really enjoy Legends, but this is like my first time reading it. So if I fucked up a detail, I, I apologize. So that's his that's most of his legend backstory. His canon backstory is pretty simple. He's from Conquered Dawn. He's a Mandalorian. He's a bounty hunter. His life becomes very interesting to and relevant to the one and only Boba Fett um, when he has him as a child you say that he was um he he lived on concord dawn do we think he and fen rao knew each other i think they kissed on the mouth i'm gonna <laughs> i think <laughs> that i'm that putting this fen rao be younger though um how old is fen rao that's a great but question. I'll, I'll google it hold on hold on we don't have an age for him he's just like haggard he's- he, <laughs> he's just weathered. He's, he's just, just like, a guy. He's just like a middle-aged white guy. Um, but I like that this podcast always devolves into, do you think these two men kissed on the mouth? Okay, listen, I didn't we're, say that. Claudia jumped to that. I just wanted to know if Fen Rao like, and Django were besties. We are literally a gay Star Wars podcast that's not out of the realm of possibility. Do we, do we ever have an age for Fen Rao? No, Fen Rao is literally just haggard white guy. He's just a guy. He's literally just, he's just a guy. Some dude. That's why he's one of my favorite Star Wars characters because he has the audacity just to say, "What if I was just like a little guy?" Okay, question. 
do we think that Hondo Onaka and Django Fett explored each other? Yes, body? the answer is always yes if it's Hondo Onaka. Fair. There was also this really interesting detail in Legends uh, where he sticks around to like train the clones. Um, he does not do that in canon for reasons. Um, but basically following that, it's pretty much just the events of the Clone Wars. Um, Django has Boba as like one of the beneficiaries from giving his Django juice away to make all the other clones. He's like, I want an unmodified one and I'm going to name him Boba. And then Django is horrifically beheaded in front of him by one Mace Windu at the Battle of Geonosis. At which point, Bo- <laughs> literally it's R. like, sorry, I killed your dad. Uh, which now we get to where Boba Fett is today. The thing I find interesting about this relationship is that in Legends, it's just like a domino effect of daddy issues. Like, Django's birth father is killed in front of him. Then Jaster Mareel dies in front of him. And then Django has Boba. And then Django dies in front of Boba. And Boba's like, I've inherited three generations of paternal fuck upness. I mean, that's what Star Wars is about. Daddy it's about issues. daddy issues. It always has been. That's what it always comes back to. We've had two characters come back from the dead because Maul and Boba. Because it's, if I don't see him dead on the floor, and Palpatine, I guess, if I don't see him dead on the floor, they're not really dead. And who's the other character we haven't, we didn't see him dead on the floor? That's Mace Windu. All I'm saying is, if Mace Windu doesn't come back in the book of Boba Fett, and we have to deal with Boba's daddy issues with Mace Windu in the picture, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Um, If I'm put, I'm staking my claim in the ground right now. If Mace Windu shows up in the book of Boba Fett, I will have called it. <laughs> I did think for a, a good solid minute that you were about to say that Django Fett was going to come back for the book of Boba. No! And it's like, bestie, his head got cut clean the fuck off. No, he's a he is a very good example in Star Wars of like, this is the one time where like we have seen someone perish like when they showed maul die in obi-wan's arms that was to be like no this person perished i want to make it clear they died i i did just consider the concept of um mace windu showing up to boba's palace on tatooine with an ice cream cake that says sorry i killed your dad No, maybe it's uh maybe it's uh, Omega working with all the girl bosses in Crimson Dawn um and showing up with What? Mace no, why Windu? would Omega join Crimson Dawn? You know what? She's maybe she got recruited by all the girl bosses, you know? Oh my god. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers for um Spoilers you know, for Bad Batch season 3. No, but spoilers, Omega for the, spoilers for the comics, Crimson but like Dawn. Sabe joined. Why is she there? Who knows? It's girl bosses. Much like much like um Panaka with his girl boss Avengers. It's you know, it's like Maul with his girl boss Avengers. You know what I mean? Okay. I just, yeah. Um, don't, don't discredit Kira. <laughs> Maul Maul said I can like train you or whatever, but Kira Kira is the, the Nick Fury of those girl boss Avengers. Maul no, was Kira, just like, I'm a fucked up little guy and I'm gonna go on Malachor he now. Trained Bye, Kira and then said, Okay, be free, my girl boss. Go yeah. do your own girl boss things and then she started up her girl boss <laughs> empire. What, I mean that's what Panaka did with Padme and then all the little and all the and all the, the handmaidens they kinda like trained each other and they were like, Oh, we're girl bossing like I just thought of the concept of it's, it's Charles Xavier's school for the gifted, but it's Kira's school for the girl boss predisposed. It's like Sha- <laughs> it's it's like Sha Ling in the MCU, like it's her girl boss school. It's just like that. <laughs> what was your favorite piece of Django Fett media? 
Well, he's <laughs> he's not in a whole lot. <laughs> I'm going to say Attack of the Clones uh, for, for two reasons. Actually, not for two reasons, for several. One, because that movie was when I was a kid, I was like, do I like men? Like, that was the movie for me. Uh, specifically that scene where Obi-Wan and Django meet. And I was like, and I, I think I must have been like, I, I watched those movies when I was like growing up. So I was I was a child being like, something's happening here. Literally, something, something LGBT happening to me. Happened. Yeah, that's what was happening in that moment. Um, the other thing was that I like about Attack of the Clones, all the behind the scenes content of that movie with the way that Tem chose to like play Django, especially playing him in relation to Boba made me extremely happy. And I was like, this is good. Uh, it's one of those relationships in Star Wars that I wish got um, more time, but like, because Django is, you know, dead. Um, I hope that I, one of the things I hope that they explore in Book of Boba Fett is like, Boba's relationship to living up to his father's um, not not like standards because Django I don't think was that type of parent um, but his legacy rather yeah, honoring of like, his legacy yeah this is what I have to be which any plot that has to do with honoring your past does make me uh, insane and does make me cry a lot that, I think that's why I'm so excited for Book of Boba Fett is that they're letting this uh, character be a lot more than like the punchy kicky guy like he has he has a long and complicated history um, especially okay one theme that I saw consistently come up in um, Legends Jango Fett is like the status of Mandalorian as in like what does it mean to be a part of their culture on either end of that like literally his whole life is motivated by the conflict between the, the true Mandalorians and air quotes and Death Watch so like that's really interesting and it's something that I would love to see Boba engage with uh, especially after Fennec not Fennec she would never um, Bo-Katan Bo-Tan. was clone racist to him and was like, you're not a real Mandalorian. And I literally want him to be like, what the fuck do you think a real Mandalorian is? I, I don't know if that conversation specifically will happen, but I really want to see um, a through line in the book of Boba where he gets to explore what his culture means to him and how he expresses that. And like, I hope he basically goes up to her at the end of it and is like, yeah, fuck you. I'm more a Mandalorian than you'll ever be. Well, I I think it's definitely going to come up because that was also like that was also mentioned in the Clone Wars like briefly I think by Almec or whatever when they were like oh there was a there was a Mandalorian guy and he was like he's not really Mandalorian it was like whoa no need to be clone racist Jesus um I think it is gonna come up but also like I think however much they bring in from Legends or whatever like there's something very symbolic and I, I feel like I talked about this last time or whatever but about like. Din is, he wasn't brought up by Death Watch, but he was brought up by a splinter of the watch. And then Boba is what's left of what was Legends of the Tree Mandalorians, and then they become allies. Um, and there there are all these themes in this post-Empire era of previous enemies working together. I've talked a lot about this with my theories of Thrawn. When they introduced Boba, like, it, it came from, like, he was like, oh... It was a reference back to Attack of the Clones when he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just a simple man making my way through the universe. And I was like, oh, I'm going to cry. Um, but there was also like it was a, it was a reference to like fatherhood because that's what the Mandalorian is about. And he saw he saw Din with Grogu and like, you know, so I just think it's I just think that it's very anyway. So true, bestie. Um... <laughs> Having one of those moments. You mentioned earlier that Tem made some intentional choices with his acting as Django to Boba and you didn't really go into detail so for I know the story but I would love to hear it so Daniel Logan is the one who plays young Boba 
um, in the in the <laughs> almost out of the Phantom Menace of in Attack of the Clones. And when Tem was on set with him, there are all these great videos of him literally being like, "So I'm gonna call you son, and you're gonna call me dad." Because I don't remember how old Daniel Logan is when he made this movie, but he is literally like he was nine. like thirteen. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a baby still. Um, so Tem like makes a very deliberate effort of like making him feel comfortable and like excited and like having a good time on a, like a giant movie set in the middle of making something as big as Star Wars. And it's just like a bunch of very heartfelt moments between the two of them, which I feel like in the few moments we do get of their interactions does really shine through. Like, I liked that a lot. I was like, wow, this is actually really adorable. Um, Also, shout out to Tem as an actor for being like, you know what would make this feel more authentic is if this kid actually felt like he was my child and I treated him as such. It's shit like that that makes me love Star Wars, but that specific behind the scenes content was like, okay, I am a Django Fett stan. I, I'm comfortable saying that. I, I would marry him and then be grandfathered into being Boba's stepdad. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if I had married Django Fett and he got beheaded, then Boba would not have had to hang, hang out with Aura Singh. I could have prevented that. She's, <laughs> so true. She is not a girl boss. She's a bitch and I hate her. Damn. The two, the two genders. I'm not girl boss and bitch. Oh. I'd love to see some callbacks to him in Book of Boba Fett, and I like to see Boba actually processing his his grief. I did just also have the thought. Um, I don't remember exactly what Boba's armor colors symbolize directly, but I would love to see him maybe uh, repainting it at some point to reflect his like growth as a character that is very powerful that just reminds me of in the book of boba fett trailer there is this very it's a very quick little shot at the beginning where that pit droids uh gives boba his helmet and boba holds it in his hand and like looks it down at it and it reminded me so much of attack of the clones and i was like oh yeah speaking of that um i know um y'all said you didn't read war of the bounty hunters but in uh issue zero i'm pretty sure of war of the bounty hunters boba does have like a little moment where you know he has to repaint the armor again in like a temporary like paint so he has all black armor and he does um go by the name Django to enter like into this arena contest and when he's about to enter into that arena he does like think about the freaking moment from attack of the clones where he's like holding the helmet as a kid after his dad was like killed I'm gonna like, cry. Uh, when I read that, it did I make me tearo. My bounty hunter that I'm presenting to y'all today is Bosk, which I legitimately forgot that Bosk has a full ass name. It like Bosk is the shortened version of his name. And looking at his full name again did make me think of like Theron because it does have like you know the apostrophes in it. Wait, what is the what are the naming conventions? I don't know the naming conventions of Trandoshans, okay? Holy shit, my brain has shifted into Doctor Who mode because I only no. I did I just called them Silurians and I was like, that's not correct. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Get that out of here. Anyway, um his full name is I'm gonna like freaking butcher his name. I'm so sorry, Bosk. But it's Bosk Wasak Kradosk. I wonder what Skier's full name is. I wonder too. Bosk Wasak Kradosik. I <laughs> uh that's his father's like name, by the way. It's which I don't know how to pronounce it, but I was just saying Kradosk. <laughs> but um yeah, so as we we all know, Bosk, our our funky little Trandoshan man, he his first appearance is, you know, in Empire Strikes Back, along with like the other like bounty hunters and like Boba, where it's just like 
hey, we're the squad. Raiders hired us to get fucking Han Solo. <laughs> I was looking at his Wookiee page, and apparently Bosk has a sister. Did y'all know that? <laughs> Wait, I did know this! Doesn't she yeah, appear in from... a, co a comic? No, she appears in, from a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back. Yes! Yes! I literally just read that book! <laughs> yes! Okay. I just had, I it was beamed in my, into my brain. I don't know how to say this out, the sounding what it is, but basically she is a girl bosk. It's like girl bosk. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. So hey, no, I, okay. I hate to tell you this, that joke has already been said on this podcast. <laughs> I believe it was Ollie's gender one week. Wait, yeah, okay. it was. Wait, I believe I'm it was the girl going boss to episode. become the fucking Joker. <laughs> I mean, we are we are officially out of content. I remember reading this and going, "Oh my god, it's like poetry it rhymes." Because Bosk has a whole story with his sister who he didn't grow up with and he didn't know. Yeah, basically, that's just like it's Boba like and Luke Omega. And... <gasps> oh my god, I was gonna like say Boba. Luke and Leia, but it's also Boba and Omega. <laughs> well, no, it is. It is like Luke and Le like Luke and Leia know that they are adopted. And like they, they they don't know that they have a sibling, but they know that they're adopted. Boba thinks he's well, not an only child, but like because <laughs> it's close. He's like, I'm but, the like, only special. Child. But yeah, he knows that he's he thinks he's the only special boy. And Bosk is the same. Basically, they go into like uh yeah yeah yeah. I read the thing where it's like he thought that like he had um eaten all of his other like um siblings yeah. as like when they were eggs still, but it turns out his, yeah. They're transoceans, okay? Yeah, th they, that's what they do. They're reptiles. The strongest will fucking eat the others. It's like he ate his twin in the womb, but then he didn't. Except she survived. It's like a bunch of like hatchmates or whatever, clutchmates. Uh, except, yeah, her egg was broken or something. And apparently their dad sold her egg for fucking Kowakian Ku rum. Kowakian, sorry. I've, words. Not his dad being She's alcoholic. <laughs> Kradosk fucking sold his broken like the broken egg he's just like here you go give me some room i don't know i didn't read the story but that's like a little fucked up and she's really cool she is a like wookie liberator like you know on kashik trying to like save the wookies from like enslavement and she does like tell boss to stop fucking hunting wookies because you know that's what trandoshans do they have that weird fucked up relationship where they go and hunt wookies and when bosk and her meet and she's just like, stop hunting the Wookiees. Oh, she has like a Tarzan kind of story where she like grow like she grows up with with the Wookiees, and they're like, we know you're not one of us, but it's okay. And like, and, and they're like, you're you're just a fucked up looking Wookiee. What <laughs> a fucked up looking. No, it's, it's like, like she literally has a like non moisturized Wookiee. <laughs> yeah, no, a hairless Wookiee. No, literally, it's like a, a, a Zeb, have you never seen a hairless Wookiee situation? And then, like, and, yeah, and she, is she also, like, an albino? I'm not sure. I know she is um technically, like, disabled oh, because of her finding Nemo moment. Because the Wookiees eventually joined the rebel. like, she joins the Rebellion, doesn't she? Or she was, yeah. like, on her way to join the Rebellion the when Boss tries ship? to kill her. I don't remember the name of her ship, but I forgot that she does have the cool um, alias Chainbreaker, so. That's okay. fucking metal as hell. I'm obsessed with that. Yeah, because she's freeing Wookiee slaves, so they called her Chainbreaker. Daenerys Targaryen eats your heart out. No, literally. <laughs> literally. No, I, okay, so, like, I want Boba to be, like, you know, setting up his little thing, whatever, and then Omega and Bosk is with him, and then Omega and Bosk's sister show and be like... <laughs> Hey! 
<laughs> Sorry, like Sid, I found a new <laughs> Trandoshan bestie. I don't know how to she pronounce her name either, but it's like Barika. No, it's not oh, Barika. Shut up! This isn't Thrawn. The Shanalawuk. I'm gonna spell it so out. So Star Wars, Star Wars is just daddy issues and lost sisters. That's all it is. Which is just daddy issues. Well, yeah, it's like, hey, did you know this character? has a secret sister <laughs> like every time i love where we're just like why don't we just give them a secret sister yeah doshan all awoke is that the sister's name yeah that's I her name so yeah but anyway getting back to bosk so yeah you know before like he you know he's a fucked up little guy he, he's a bounty hunter because he's like that he worked with like aura and her little group after like Django had passed away and they're like okay we'll take care of Boba but then you know after they failed to kill <laughs> fucking Mace Windu and they get sent to prison boss is just like I guess I'll take care of Woba and you know they're they're friends and it's it's kind of like sad that like Bosk and like Boba kind of have a falling out because they're like you know they're like pals and Bosk does have like a respect for Boba because he's like, yeah, that that's kind of like my my son, even though I don't know whose goddamn white baby that is. But how old is Bosk in relation to Boba? Hmm. Is it I'm like not is sure. it like a Han and Chewie situation where Bosk is like, this is my my fucked up little son, Boba? Do we have a canon age for Bosk? I am. I don't think so. so. Like I didn't see anything he's on the sixty nine. Not sixty nine. Nice. Google just says that he's eighty eight. Ah, uh, yes. We have no idea how long Trandoshans live. I think they would live a decently long amount of they're, time, right? They're reptiles. Reptiles. Reptiles live, live ancient. Yeah, I mean, Jarl's been around for a while. He isn't a reptile. He's well, he's not. Hairless he's not a fucking reptile. So, you know, he and Boba, they went to prison. Eventually, sometime down the line, I guess they, like, separate. Because, like, somehow Boss goes back to, I guess, like, doing bounty hunter stuff. And he ends up on Lothal, where he meets Ezra Bridger. <laughs> before, you know, Ezra meets Kanan and all of them. So, this is still when Ezra's living his Aladdin life, you know, being a, like, a Spurry. A fucked up little 14 year old yeah fucked up little like i don't even know if i i think ezra's already 14 when he meets boss but like you know he's running around the streets and uh they get into hijinks together i need to read that book too because it sounds funny eventually you know boss does go back to being a bounty hunter i guess because you know empire strikes back he's there <laughs> trying to he needs money also yeah, he fact. needs money I do believe he does offer Ezra a job and like an opportunity yeah, 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 to he leave does. Lothal, but Ezra's like, but Ezra's nah, just like, nah, no my thanks. My parents could come back, I guess. It, it oh, is it's like Ray. Like, yeah, he's like, my parents might come back. I'm gonna stay here, and Bosk is like, okay. I have been doing, I have been doing some digging in this conversation because I needed to know the answer to this. So I cannot find an age for Bosk on the internet anywhere besides like Star Wars Wiki. But frankly, meh. However. It does say that Trandoshans have an average lifespan of 60 standard years. So if Bosk is in his 80s, he is literally on, he is on death's door. He has had an AR, he is in an AARP subscription 
for a long time. Oh my god, this, this has the same energy as when people were like, how long do like echidnas live or something like that? And they're just like, oh no, Knuckles is dying. Knuckles. In War of the Bounty Hunters, Boss does make um an appearance. Because, you know, he's also after the fucking Han Solo like bounty because it's for a lot of goddamn credits and Bosk is like, I, uh, I too am a slave to capitalism and need the money. And it's... um. Like, again, I said fucked up because he did respect Boba, but then <laughs> obviously he's like, um, get out of the way, Boba, because I need the money. And Boba's just like, fuck you, Bosk. Fuck your life, Bing Bosk. Get, get in my way, like, find out what happens. And what happens is, uh, spoilers for War of the Bounty Hunters, Boba does, like, tie Bosk up to a rock, basically, they're in the snowy place too, and know that Bosk is a Trandoshan, so they are cold blooded. And he also blasted Bosk's legs off because Bosk was gonna kill Boba. And so. He'll be fine, it grows back. I know, because he's just like, ah, my legs. And it's just like, they'll grow back. But then. Oh God, just like Skier High Republic. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking that's no. his last name. It's High Republic. Yeah, Skier High Republic. But fucking Boba is just like, okay. He's like, why are you going after me, Bosk? And Bosk is just like, it's because Jabba put a bounty on your head for not bringing um, Han Solo to him. And Boba's just like, fuck off, Jabba. And then he is he just was going to leave Bosk there, tied up to a rock in this snowy place. And he's just like, wait. <laughs> he's like, don't, don't leave me here, Boba. He's like, I'm cold-blooded. <laughs> And then Bobu, this was like the most, like, I thought it was really badass, but also in a fucked up way. But Bobu just responding, so am I, as he leaves Bosk. Damn! <laughs> die in the snow. It's okay, someone saves Bosk. So Bosk is still alive, I think. I, I do respect that response. Bobu, I do love That's you. why I'm just like, uh, let me see Bosk in, you know, the book of Boba Fett so that they can reconcile. And be like, sorry, I left you to die in the snow, Bosk. POV, Mace Windu and Bosk show up on the doorstep with twin ice cream cakes. One says, sorry, I killed your dad. The other says, I forgive you for abandoning me on a snow planet. <laughs> they, they both text him with the, with the, I lived, bitch. I love the idea of Mace going through the trouble of getting his phone number and then being like, you know who I got to give this to? Bosk. I don't really want to text him about this. I'm pretty sure Bosk is alive. I think he showed up in the trailer. Like, it was a really far away shot. Like, I wasn't Fennec sure. walking in with because, somebody and I was like, that's Bosk. Because I know there's like Trandoshans that showed up. I'm just like, hello, Bosk, are you there? But who else wears that funky little jumpsuit? That's true. That's true. When, um, you know, there's like that Trandoshan wearing a sweater in the Book of Boba Fett trailer. Well, um, where's Bosk's funky little sweater, huh? I do love the the sheer amount of, of nice sweaters that are in the Mandalorian as like a section of Star Wars. What is your favorite piece of Bosk media? Again, like I haven't read Bounty Hunters, so I'm not sure if Bosk is like in those comics. I know there's like Bounty Hunters, obviously. <laughs> Star Wars Bounty Hunters, the comics. Based off just the things I've seen with Bosk in them, I guess just Clone Wars, even though those times we do see him, he is with, um, sadly, he's with Woba, not Boba, just Woba, but at least he's he's being like the cool uncle and being like, I'll take care of my fucked up 
little son, I'll do it for you, Django. Do you think Bosk and Django have kissed on the <laughs> Yes. We, we asked this question less than 20 minutes ago. You know what? Yes. And the no, answer wasn't was that, yes. I thought we asked that Wait, about... Wait, is that why Boba leaves him? He's like... I heard, he's like, I know you kissed my dad on the mouth. Did you fuck my dad, Bosk? As an addendum to my ice cream cake fantasy, there's an asterisk on Bosk's cake that says, I forgive you for leaving me on a snow planet. And then a second cake that says, also, sorry, I fucked your dad. And then J- and then B- Boba's like, you what? Oh my you god, what? Jango Fett and uh, Orla Jareni are canonical Trandoshan fuckers. <laughs> But yeah, I do like Bosk, I guess, in like Clone Wars. I I know he shows up in like the little <laughs> Rackalardeen, like Obi-Wan faking his death arc because that's when you see Boba or sorry, Boba in um in prison and Bosk is there like A. <laughs> I think what I like so much about Bosk is like he has the like, hey, it's me, Bosk vibe. But also, I just enjoy him because he is taking care of Boba's tether, Woba. And that is <laughs> <favorite. laughs> Boba's tether. <laughs> he has to deal with Aura Singh. I'm pretty sure Bosk didn't like Aura Singh either. What do you have against Ariana Grande? It's- what did she oh! do? I forget. Did Aura Singh die? Yes, Tobias Beckett killed her. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. T- Tobias Beckett, thank you. Thank you for your That's your one, your one good thing. But yeah, that's uh, that's all I know about Bosk because I didn't get a chance to like do deeper Bosk research. Bosk, I'm sorry, I do love you. I have a Bosk on my shelf. So we've talked about we've talked about a lot of bounty hunters, but we haven't talked about you know the man, the myth, the legend, Dinjarin. Call me sweet girl because he's my favorite. We're not talking about Thrawn this week, so you can't <laughs> bring up Timothy Zahn's award-winning book. Rough day on this podcast. Not right uh, now. Yeah, spoilers for Rough Day by Timothy Zahn because we did get an early reading copy of the next couple chapters. But well, it's um uh, myth uh myth rough <laughs> myth rough day. Anyway, talk myth about Dindarin. What the fuck? No, 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 no. I wanted to talk about Dindarin because I'm obsessed with him. Um, and I love him very much. And we're talking about bounty hunters, specifically ones that are connected to Boba. Um, because Dinjarin did show up in Boba's life and was like, oh, maybe I do care about the power of fatherhood and family. And Din is also dealing a lot with what it means to be Mandalorian. And I think those themes are going to carry into the Book of Boba Fett and obviously Mando season three. I mean, they've said that the Book of Boba Fett is supposed to basically just be, like, another season of The Mandalorian. I mean, Boba is a Mandalorian kind of deal. Will Din show up? Who knows? Um, there's not a lot of extended material about Din because his story is not fully developed yet. So, like, you all know as pretty much as much as there is to know about Din unless there are little, little factoids that I missed. <laughs> what media is he from? I don't know, guys. Can somebody look it up? No, um, he is the mandalorian that is his name i've never heard of that can you explain that to me yeah i I thought he was a legends character i will say this um i did i was talking about star wars uh with my family over thanksgiving and um i did i i mentioned uh pedro pascal and the chilean election and then i was like yeah you know the guy who plays the mandalorian and my mom was like i thought the mandalorian was like a little green person and i was like um no, that's that's his baby child. I will say though, there's a lot like there's so much Grogu that 
we do forget that it is about him. I just, I just think he's neat. What's my favorite piece of media that he's in? Easy, rough day. Yeah, yeah, rough day by Timothy Zahn. Easy peasy. What is his deal? What is his deal? His deal is that he's a single dad that's having a fucking rough time. Like, he's just... You could almost say he's having a rough time. <laughs> Get out! <laughs> he's... No, he's just... He's having a rough time. I think... I think I talked about this on Chaka's podcast or whatever, of, like, the best Star Wars characters are the ones who are, like, the straight man in the scene, who are the ones being, like, this is ridiculous, right? Who are just, like, having a bad day and are, like, being, like, what the fuck is going on around me? Um, Wutro is like that. Wreath Silas is like that. I was like, um, guys, um, and I very much feel like Dan is like that, and I think that's why he's very interesting, because he's like, yeah, I'm a badass gunslinger, but he's also like, they took my guns, whatever, and like, being mad about it, and then his, just his ass getting kicked, and he just falls off of the, I think that was when I fell in love with him, was when, um, he gets his ass kicked by the Jawas, and he just falls off of the thing, and I was like, wow, this show is really just about beating this man to a pulp, and it's very funny. I, I love slapstick comedy, <laughs> but he's, he's just very relatable. He's like, I'm having a rough day at work, and I gotta stop saying He's having a rough day? <laughs> I, think, I think we should put a rough day count. If no! you count how many times we said the phrase rough day no, in this episode, I, don't need I will to. give you a prize. No, I don't What is the prize? To. It's probably... theoretically reading copy of the next chapter of Rough Day. Okay, I, I was gonna... on. okay, I was gonna say a gift of Tom from Succession, but I guess that works too. <laughs> that is not a gift, that is a burden. <laughs> There's a lot of people who are like, you know, he's not he's not inherently bad. He's he's very he's also just a very relatable guy and that like he's kinda like the rest of us. He's like struggling with the ills of capitalism and a and a dying and a dying uh empire, literally. And I'm like so true bestie so relatable and uh has a bunch of gay friends and i think that what makes him very epic obviously is that you know he supports women and he's like you know what you know who could handle this for me a bunch of lesbians and i love that for him and he's like i'm gonna I'm going to drink soup with my little son. Other than the fact that I'm literally in love with him, I do think he's just a neat little guy. In relation to Boba, though, when they brought Boba in and they had him relate to Din in that way of him, like, being introduced of, like, he's like, who are you? Who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you? I asked you first. I asked you second. <laughs> That's a little most popular girls in school reference for you. You didn't get it. I hate you people in the comments. Uh, in the chat. We're talking I, about Tom from Succession. Yeah, I know you're talking about Tom from Succession, and it's driving He's me my nuts. Din Charin. <laughs> that was like that was like the Star Wars bounty hunter that I brought to the podcast today. It's is Tom, Tom from, from Succession. Succession. I think he's just he's just very relatable, and he's just he's just trying to survive late stage capitalism. So, and I think I mean that's I think in Star Wars as a whole, when we deal with capitalism it is usually through the bounty hunters because they're the people who are like dude i'm literally just here because i need money and like to get they're by. literally part of a union yeah, well they're part of a guild 
they're more like uh, they're more like IATSE than well, which is a union to be fair. But they're they're freelancers, but they're a part of a thing. And to and could one say that Dinjarin is a scab? No, because he's not work. Well, after he saves Grogu, he doesn't work for anybody else. He goes against the union's rules, but the union's rules are unethical. So you know what he's he supports he supports labor rights and that's another great part of him that I really enjoy. We haven't talked a lot about how the bounty hunters are a really good example of labor relations in Star Wars. Unrelated to the the politics of labor reunions in the Star Wars universe, um, I think what I love most about Din Djarin, aside from the fact that he is very sexy to me and I am a Cobb Vance enjoyer, so that is part of it. I like that his motivation in, in both seasons, literally just his empathy for other people is the only reason why he like stops to do things. Like I know a lot of people um, complained as the Mandalorian was coming out, they were like, every episode he just goes to a planet and helps out some rando and then leaves. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. I, yeah, I, I love that. that a lot. And like, that's the perfect storytelling format for me personally, because I can't pay attention that well. Um, But I also just like Din's motivation for going back for Grogu is he literally is like, I have done something that I morally disagree with, even though I did it for money and I got what I wanted out of it. That is a life. That is is a living being that I have just thrown away for cash and I don't want to be that person. And he literally, like, in a in a moment of empathy for a, a being he knows next to nothing about, is like, I'm going to save a life right now. And I'm like, you know what? That's very powerful of you. I appreciate that. Which is literally how he ends up in every other hilariously insane situation is all because he just cares about the people in his life. One could say that it's very Jedi of him, where he goes around and he helps people selflessly. Um, he's like, people are always like, oh, Din is very like, oh, what is a Jedi? Uh, not not him, he doesn't stumble into what is a Jedi. He stumbles into acting like one without knowing it as well. And I think that's very sexy of him. Yeah, that is something I am very passionate about, is that I feel like a lot of people have... I don't want to say they they don't understand the character or whatever, but like I think there is a fundamental misunderstanding of Din when people are like, "Oh my God, he's such a himbo!" Because like actually, Din is very very smart, it truly a remarkable tactician, but he doesn't know like certain facts that we as the audience of course know because we're watching a Star Wars. But like, yeah, sure, he doesn't know what a Jedi is because he was a child during the Clone Wars, uh, which if I'll, I'll remind you at what happened at the end of the Clone Wars, all the Jedi got murdered in a passion. Spoilers so- for Clone Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, spoilers for Attack, uh, not Attack of the Clones, att- uh, for Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, they all die very hard and very bad. And he was just like a child. Like if you were eight years old in some random faction religion that might not have had any influence, we still don't know if Din was from a Republic planet or from a Separatist planet or a neutral system which is something i would love to learn more about of like he was probably either from a republic planet or a neutral system because we see when he is being rescued by the mandalorians as a child we see like droids attacking mm-hmm. the planet so i'm assuming that it would be one that's not already obviously controlled by separatists yeah the treatment of him is like a stupid character like i think it's i think there are moments that are intentionally written to be funny when he doesn't understand like boba being like they'd recognize my face and him being like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> that's a very funny moment i don't think that it invalidates the intelligence of his character i made a video on this like months ago because like he he speaks like several languages yeah He's like four people in the star wars universe that has been that is like i'm gonna take the time to get the know to get to know the tuscans and learn their language and culture and practices that i'm not an asshole all the time which pays off like 
more than once over the course of the show, which is a wonderful detail. But I also just think like, he's also one of the few characters that I'll tolerate in Fanon, knowing Mandoa and speaking it in his day-to-day life. The exoticism of languages in Fanon is- Uh Literally, I'm like, ew. Is Mandoa the new Spanish? Yes. It's like, tell me you don't speak another language without telling me. I mean, I I also did choose Din because, hi, he's Chilean. (laughs) Hi, he's mine. (laughs) I take take him. He's mine. I will say, when we were talking about Django earlier, he's the only one who does canonically, other than Sabine speaks it, oh, like, once. A, a couple words when they're flying over uh, not Crimson Dawn they're whatever planet her mother is on I don't think it is Mandalore itself is it Mandalore itself she speaks it a little bit and then Django speaks it like a couple words um, to it's, Boba it's uh, Crow's Nest Crone's Nest Crone's Nest that's not the name of the Crone's planet Disney's? <laughs> no exactly. no it's Cronest is where Sabine speaks Mandela. I like the world building aspect of, and this is, I would like to see this from Din of, he grew up in a very traditional form of Mandalorian society. So they would grow, he would not, maybe not grow up speaking it exclusively, but he's a polyglot who knows a ton of languages. It would be very cool whatever, if he grew up, he grew up bilingual. Um, if he grew up, you know, speaking that um and you know there's even i mean a lot of people talk about the clones having a specific form of mandoa because that they develop themselves because you know they didn't grow up with everybody else but you know wouldn't he also have one because he grew up with not even just death watch but like a very specific one splinter of death watch one trend that uh i noticed in the mandalorian that i actually didn't like was um they frame him so he comes from a very what I would be comfortable calling orthodox version of the of Mandalorian society and having him move away from that is like a really huge positive. I didn't love um just because like he's not really a part of Death Watch that like the covert he grows up in is not very like I don't they're they're not the same vibe. I don't actually know if they're the exact same, but I believe that they aren't. It, it's fucking post Visla and all his besties. Uh, no, not post Visla. My point is just uh I don't want to see a plotline of him like necessarily giving that up over the course of like the rest of his character. Like frankly, I would be totally cool if we never see his face again. Like I think that would be an honestly fine story beat because to me him doing like taking off his helmet in this in season one and season two are like yes your culture is important however there are moments of necessity where you have to make a difficult decision between what you are raised with and what you carry and what you need to do to survive and those are not the same thing but that said i don't want to see him like slowly abandon pieces of what he grew up with as like a plot line if that makes sense i feel like i'm rambling but like that's where i'm coming from i remember when the finale came out and a lot of people seeing the ending as like some sort of evolution for him and i was like actually it's a it's a personal evolution in him finally accepting that he is that he you know that he is grogu's father and stuff like that but i i saw it as very much in line with his culture and not a not a deviation from it at all it was him like realizing like 
it's him like realizing more about himself and his relationship to his culture that he he may have abandoned a lot of because he's just been like doing his thing he well he's had to hide a lot of it uh to to escape the empire and you know and and been protecting the rest of his covert and also just like working and whatever and he's like he's connecting more with his culture whatever and a lot of people were like oh he, he took it off and he's shedding something whatever and i was very adamant when that came out that i was like another huge tenet of of mandalorian culture whether you're a part of the part of the culture that you wear a helmet all the time or not is protecting your foundling or whatever and not just protecting your foundling but raising them or whatever so like whatever he does in service to that I think is very on 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 the rail and very on brand for that when Bo-Katan is like oh were you guys a cult or whatever and he's like fuck off bitch like he doesn't like start on this path of like oh maybe I'm wrong or whatever he he's already been on a path of who am I what does it mean to be a father? You know, what does that mean with my culture? Whatever. He's already had to take it off once to save somebody, whatever. And what she says kind of doesn't mean anything. And also, the conversations that he has with Boba actually mean more than the conversation that he has with her. Um, and the conversation that he has with Boba is about the armor as well and what that means and fatherhood. So I would hope that it would follow in that philosophy, uh, especially because hopefully we find out, you know, what the fuck happened to Mandalore. Can he rediscover a lot of things that have probably been lost about his culture as well? Surprise, surprise. Who would have guessed I chose Fennec? Fennec Shand is a bounty hunter. She's a little girl boss. We first met her in... um season one of the mandalorian uh where she does get fridged by toro calican at that the end of that episode she is saved by one boba fett and their story from there becomes inherently intertwined because boba saves her from the sands of tatooine and like you know that whole situation um but her technical like in in terms chronologically her first appearance is in bad batch uh where she's hanging out with boba's sister omega um so she just has a story that is very much so walking down the same road with boba but like on different sides of the street where it's like she is clearly doing things like i was reading her wikipedia page she worked for the huts like she straight up worked for the huts and very well likely at the same time as boba i mean who hasn't at i some mean point, yeah you know but like two very epic bounty hunters working for this crime syndicate at the same time like they have that kind of like it's like you you find one of your former co-workers dying in the street and you're like wouldn't it be funny if i saved their life and they like had a life debt for me cool <laughs> and then you did that so yeah fennec is just a little girl boss her story is just like inherently going to be intertwined with boba's because of one from literally her early 20s of interacting with omega who is boba's literal like sister to being saved by boba on tatooine and then deciding to work together and then being like hey you know what it'd be funny if we go went and threw like a molotov cocktail at our old job and like made that our little place um, and I'm obsessed with that. I'm also obsessed with, I, I read uh, several uh, interviews with Ming-Na Wen about how, sh what she feels and, and thinks about Fennec Shand. And she talks about how Fennec was so solitary and like, has like this, has this idea that she can do it all on her own. And so seeing this like development of her character is that she realizes like, hey, 
needing people isn't a bad thing and like it forces it she, she has to be literally forced with death to be like hey actually maybe it's okay for people to help me and i want to help other people i'm in love with that entire characterization of her uh, something that i i notice uh like both in her interactions in the mandalorian but also like in the trailer for book of boba fett um is that shift in her of like i'm gonna start caring about people and things I would even go so far as to say that, like, this grouping of Star Wars pieces of media, like, the central thesis is that, like, empathy is a good thing, actually. The fact that both of them have accepted that it's okay to need other people and to, like, have that support, um, which is something that Boba has denied himself and Fennec has denied herself, really has serious effects on their lives. Um, Because, you know, you see, like, for example, Boba pushes away Bosk, Boba pushes away, like, whatever out of you know, either unprocessed trauma or just like being an asshole because you're, you can be an asshole sometimes. And that happens, especially when you're in like your, you know, 20s to 30s. Maybe you need to grow up a little. It's fine. You grow up when you get thrown into the Sarlacc, right? Um, Because that's something else we're going to see, hopefully, in Book of Boba Fett is like, I'm assuming the Tusken Raiders save Boba. And like Boba, that is the beginning of Boba seeing a path of like, hey, actually accepting help from people is okay. Having a community is fine. Um, and if I'm going to honor my father's legacy, I'm going to need to understand that I need other people in my life. Also, um, his, like, like you, you mentioned his, like, unprocessed trauma, which, like, he has buckets full of. I did just have the thought, though, um, the idea that as Fennec, as his enforcer, gets herself in more and more danger over the course of the show, I'd be, I'm interested to see how he reacts to that. Because I just had a terrible thought of him like actively pushing her away at some point because he's like, you're getting in worse and worse situations as a result of being in proximity to me. And people who do that tend to end up dead. And I don't want that to happen to you. Like, that's what I'm thinking about. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I think it'd be interesting to see him react to like someone that he's close to getting in in more and more danger over time. That is totally something I could see happening. And then... Oh my gosh, here's my most problematic opinion. And it's not even problematic. It's just like, I hate to admit it, but I'm like, listen, I do think that there's something very powerful about two very lonely people finding each other and being like, damn, that's my person. And it doesn't have to be romantic, but you know what? They are maybe one of the few like straight ships in Star Wars. So I'd be like, because first of all, I don't think either of them are straight, but I'd be like, you know what? I'm fine with this. I can live with this. They'd be like Kanan and Hera for me. I'd be like, exactly. they're, they're by for by. Like, totally. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, my thoughts on this have somewhat shifted because notably a couple weeks ago, I was like, please don't make me see heterosexual Boba Fett. Um, however, the more that I think about Fennec Shin and the more content I see a book of Boba Fett, the more that I'm like, you know what? Actually, because like, I don't know. I feel like the thing that I don't like about straight romance, besides the fact that it's gross, is that um, it's so often, like, forced between two characters. And I would, if if they were to start, like, being romantically involved, I would buy it. That's, like, I guess that's, that's like, what I've thought about is, like, seeing what they're, what I think they're going to do with these characters. I'm like, you know, I would actually believe that they liked each other they enough have, to, yeah, like, they have spend good their chemistry. time together. The, the, but this is my thing, is that, we're thinking of them as like whole characters, whatever. They're like conceptually with a lot of things, they could definitely work. My thing is that like in practice, Star Wars always lets me down. So I'm like in reality, I, I cannot let that happen because uh, I like I 
I, I am, I am just afraid. Like, I, I'm like, they're all, like you guys are saying, like, all the elements are there that it could be very good. And it would be also very sexy and funky fresh of them. They're like, I, we've talked about this before, but like, it's very cool that like a lot of the Star Wars main characters are like, not young people anymore. They're like, you know, people at least past their 30s. And they're not white people either. That would be, you know, kissing on the mouth. And I think that's very great of them. And I think that would be great. However, I do not think it would be done well. And I don't have any confidence. And maybe I'm just a... Maybe I'm no, just a... No, because I feel <laughs> the same way, Claudia, where I'm like really afraid. Or I was just like, I don't know if it's not done well, then I don't want it. I don't want your like four straight ship, okay? <laughs> No, that I'm- is fair, but also, okay, my, the other thing that occurred to me that I would find very, very funny is that, like, they go in for a kiss, and then they're like, oh, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> well- they get, like, they get, like, like, ve- like, a, like, less than an inch away from each other, and they're like, we're both gay. Why are we? <laughs> Why are we here? I'm also really just excited to get to see her get more characterization because that's was what I was really looking forward into Bad Batch was like I was like, oh, maybe we'll get some more some more crumbs. And we did. We got literal crumbs. She has this moment of like, hey Omega, let it be, you know, a false guise of like luring a child that you're tra- you're actively hunting for sport. <laughs> well not for sport, for money. Um and like Because that's better. Well, she, like, was hunting her, but it was, like, to keep her safe, technically. Yeah. yeah. She was a, she was a protector, just not in the Fenrau way. Oh, my God. I want to see Fen... I just want to <laughs> see Fenrau. God damn, I found myself in the Fen corner. Fenrau, um, but it's, like, <laughs> Fennec. <laughs> they would be two pretty best friends. They're both characters who originally started as antagonists in the show that they were in, and then ended up becoming really cool, epic girl bosses. Oh, my God, yeah. Um... <laughs> I think it just comes with the territory of being named Fen. Anyways, so that is something I love about her. Um, I think I like her in Mando more than I do in Bad Batch, though I did like her in Bad Batch, don't get me wrong. The one thing I really see more than anything in Book of Boba Fett, let Fennec Shan do the chin touch. I was literally like, just gonna say like, we're, we're all gay people here. We're all on the same page. Let Fennec Shan do that on screen, please. Fennec and that we like Mills. So literally, true. literally. That's what I want. I don't care what happens in that show. I don't care if it is, what is it, eight episodes, nine episodes? Seven, I think. I love numbers. Uh, I don't care if it is just seven episodes of Boba wistfully looking into a mirror. As long as there is one moment of Fennec Shan doing that little chin touch moment, I'll be happy. I'll be satisfied. <laughs> you yeah. said that, and now I'm just thinking concept of like Boba like having like a sad moment looking at like his helmet or something, and you see in the background this Fennec and the and the twi- like That's no. the whole show. It's seven uninterrupted hours. Of <laughs> yeah. Fennec in the back be like, sup, baby, take me out to dinner. Well, well, Bob was just like being sad. Think about his identity. Just to wrap up the conversation we were having earlier about like the idea of Disney shitting and farting the bed when it comes to a Boba and Fennec relationship. One, I would be fine if it was platonic or romantic. I truly just like, just I just want to see a positive relationship between those two regardless of what that means so there's that secondly i do know what you said earlier something about the idea of fennec and boba looking at each other and being like oh, <laughs> i don't know about that 
I do love the idea of Boba Fett being like, I don't know how to express myself right now, so I'm just gonna Keldabe kiss you real quick and just bonks her on the head. And she's like, okay, I don't know what the fuck just happened there. Boba slams her through a wall with his helmet. She's like, what the (laughs) fuck was that for? And he's like, I don't know how to talk about my feelings. Literally, literally. It doesn't have to be romantic. It's literally just like, you know, like when you realize that you're friends with someone that you didn't think you were going to become friends with. And you're like, ah, ah, and just slam your head against their head. They go in for like a kiss scene and Fennec's like, we're going to, this is, we're going to kiss. And Boba like takes his hand, hands on her shoulders and just throws his forehead at her. <laughs> and she's like, what do you think you fucking concussed me? What was that for? And she goes like, I thought we were going to kiss. And he's like, we did. In, in all- Every kiss begins with K. Killed up. <gasps> You're, you are correct. I think, um, like, strong relationships between men and women, especially if they're platonic, are very important. And that's uh, actually, that was a nice part of, of Din as well. Um, I would actually cry if, like, they did have, like, Keldabe kiss moment of, uh, like, because, you know, because it's, it's also symbolic because, like, he, like, as as a friend, like, because he has that, like, with the, with the helmet, with his dad and whatever, and then it's like, he has a new family now. Anyway, like, gay people do love Star Wars because of found family, and I think that would be very neat. Um, Maybe the found family is the people we found in the desert dead along the way. <laughs> Since we've talked about the job of bounty hunting and our favorite bounty hunters in Boba's life. We want to talk about what would our favorite bounty hunters be doing in our universe? They have other skills. What do you guys think? I can go first off the bat. Um, I do think Fennec Shand would be a female truck driver. Ooh. Oh, powerful. truck driving. I love that for her. It's everything she likes. Solitary. There's an air of danger around it because the idea of being a truck driver is maybe one of the scariest things to me. Simply because I don't know if you guys have, are on truck driver TikTok. I, I am. am. Yes. The <laughs> things that they have to do to go to bed at night in their little trucks. I'm like, holy fucking shit. That's something Fennec Shand would do. Also, is is fire spray not just a, a truck driver <laughs> Boba Fett? That's kind of what he is. I will I say... Don't... I do also love the idea of Fennec having one of those radios that she just talks at all day. And the other truckers are like, we can all hear you. And she's like, day 35 on the road. Haven't spoken to anyone in several days. <laughs> Shout out to the Alice Isn't Dead fans who are listening to this podcast. Fennec, um, Fennec Shand, Alice Isn't Dead AU when? Fennec Shand in like a trucker hat with like the mesh Power. on the back. I think that's very powerful to me. I love that. So okay, sorry. You have like a big Carhartt jacket. Yeah, I love that. I'm sorry. You said the like the the trucker like hat, but then my freaking mind thought of the stupid like fishing hat that just like women want me fish fear me. She would wear that though. Do we think that Fanning Shan would have novelty bumper stickers? Is she the kind of person? Yes. So this is my thought. She does not put them on her vehicle. She just has like a binder full of them that she's waiting to use. But she's like, no, if I put this on my vehicle, it's too, too personal. I can't do that. She puts them on her laptop. She has a scrapbook of different novels. (laughs) This was was from my long haul to Corellia. I love the idea of her being like, this is really important. Like, like. Boba's like, what do you do in your spare time? And she's like, listen to disco and collect stickers. What about you? 
I love truck driver Fennec Shand. Do um, you think that she would be popular on trucker TikTok because she's like a female truck driver? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I don't think that she would start out with the intention of being popular as a truck driver. She'd be like, I'm going to post a video. But then people would be like, I love you. And that's the coward snowball. I hate that this is my one skill that I know I'm good at is like assigning a job to a Star Wars character. Because I'm not to brag, I don't think I've ever been wrong about one of these. No. It's the problem, and I hate that. I can go next, and I'm just going to straight up steal Mel's idea for this, um, which is I do think that Django Fett would be in some kind of handyman capacity. Like, plumber, electrician, or just kind of a do-it-all gal. Gal. I feel like he would have, like, I mean, he already has a little gay tool belt, right? On his armor. Yeah. I just feel like he would have that. He always has like the rolled up sleeves and like the yellow hat. That's, I, I love that for him. And he has like a good family of, business for his son. Yes, exactly. I thought about oh, fucking Bob the Builder, but. Get out. Bob the Builder? Yeah. No, Bob the Builder. I do think that Django is also the type of person where like he he's very skilled in fixing whatnots. However, uh, in his own home, if something breaks that is outside of his pay grade and Boba is like, can we please just call someone you don't know how to change the Wi-Fi? He'll be like, no. So I'm now imagining Boba's starship when it used to be Jenko's with a bunch of decal stickers on it. Also followed by, I do like the idea of Django Fett putting on his car, uh, my son's an honor student. It doesn't matter if Boba actually is an honor student. He does have that on his car. He's so <laughs> This is very powerful. I do like the idea of Django collecting the like, my son was student of the month at insert middle school here every month, even though Boba has never been student of the month. <laughs> I like the idea of Boba being like, yeah, dad, here's the sticker that proves that I was a great student this month. And like Boba like clearly has either bought this from a store or online or something like it's not the right school. But Django is like, oh, my gosh, my son is doing so well. No, literally like they like they live in like Southern California and the school is from like Michigan. It's (laughs) no. And Boba's like, yeah, I did good this month. And Django reads it and it's like. My st- it's something like Michigan is where the sticker is from. And he's like, yes, you did, son. I'm very proud of you. I think he would also, you know, when people do the family stickers with the how many people were in the family. The stick people. Yeah, I think yeah. he would do that. I think he would do that. Um, I love that we have Fennec Shand closeted sticker enjoyer and Django Fett public sticker enjoyer. <laughs> the two gender. I'm in love with that concept. And then, of course, when he and I get married, I don't join the business, but I am adjacent to it. Please. You do the, you're you the no. fucking bookkeeper. Oh my god, yeah. I I, ba- I balance all the numbers. I, I balance all the books. I keep everything organized. Mine, it has to do with my gender this week. I do think that Din Djarin would be an Uber driver. Again, he's just trying to make some money. Um, eventually he does have a son, whatever. Again, he's working in late capitalism. So this is a this is a late capitalism gig economy kind of job. I think he he also kind of has one of those faces that people tell him shit and he's like, he, you know, kind of how Din like just picks up people on, on jobs and is like, how the fuck did I get into this? Like, I, I you know, 
I think, you know, I think he's specifically a New York City uh, Uber driver. Like, some crazy shit has happened to him. I have been in Ubers where I've talked to Uber drivers who talk about, like, picking people up during Pride and the crazy shit that occurs. And I feel like that's, that's Din. I do think that makes a lot of sense. I think, like, just gig economy worker Din Jarn, because here's some, here's a concept that I have now just thought of. Not Instacart! Only Exactly. He's doing Instacart. It is Grogu, not just an Instacart order gone wrong. No! He, he delivered it He's to the wrong green. address. <laughs> no, no, he, he, he works on TaskRabbit. Or yes, TaskRabbit. He- or fucking, <laughs> this is not Grogu related. The idea of him on WAG, him walking other people's fucking dogs is the funniest shit. Like, uh, you know that picture of Daniel Radcliffe where he has like 20 dogs attached to him? That's yes. what I am picturing. That's okay, but like valid. I 1000% see that. He has that energy too of like, he doesn't, if you get in an Uber with him, he'll be like, how is your day? But for whatever reason, you're like, you're going to tell him everything. And he's like, I just wanted you to say like, it's fine. And then we could both move on. His Uber always is stocked with those little, um, the little mini water bottles. Like he always. And it's very clean. Okay. It might be an older, it might be an older car, but he vacuums it on a daily basis. Yeah, it's an older car. It always has, like, some snacks, hand sanitizer, and always, like, the little water bottles and everything. And you're like, oh, this man knows what he's doing. He has, like, a little picture of Grogu uh, hanging from the review mirror. So people will intentionally ask, like, what's that? And we're like, that's my son. And then they'll start talking about it. Oh, and he will talk to his son on speakerphone yes um, yeah while he's driving uh, i like that. this on the on the topic of stickers din Djarin does not have any stickers i agree that being said i do the the idea of din talking to his son on on loudspeaker but the only thing grogu is saying back is but is so funny <laughs> and din's like responding in complete sentences too he's like no exactly so if you're gonna change if you're gonna change the heater today just make sure to keep it below 65 but yeah, ex- you're so right. Thank you for that. Like, and he will not like the other person be like, "Who the fuck is on the phone?" Right now? The one thing I will I will say, I've seen people be like, "Oh, Din would run a daycare." No, he wouldn't. That man is parenting on a fucking thread. He is just barely hanging on. Yes. You think? And you want to put him with more toddlers? Because if you put him with more than one baby, he'll be like, "There are there are more than one of you." What do I do now? I do also love all of the side characters in The Mandalorian just being people he picked up through Uber. Like, Some like he probably- Some of them are Uber cool. lady. Some no, of them literally, Rock Lady is like, I have to get across town. I got places to- I love the idea of Cobb- Okay, no, because here's my thing. I know that I'm going to talk about Cobb Vanth and I'm so sorry, but like, here's my thing. Here's my, here's my moment. Cobb Vanth sees the Uber pulls up and he gets in the passenger seat. Yes! And then is like, what the fuck do you think you're doing in my car? And he's like, we're driving, aren't we? Grief Karga is, <laughs> I want to sound insane. He cancels his Uber until he gets Din. He's like intentionally trying to set that. up a scenario wherein he has to sit with Din. And Din is like, Grief, why are we, why are we doing this? And he's like, well, I would love to hear more about your beautiful green child. Grief <laughs> is fully the guy that's in the Uber and the Uber driver is like, hey, thanks. And Grief is like, here's my card. We should hang out. Like, like in our free time, we should go like, hang out. I'd love to hear more about your kid. You seem like a really great guy. I'd love to be friends. And Din's like, okay. Cara Dune gets in and she breaks the windows. <laughs> <laughs> Who's 
the person who like throws up in the Uber who he has to like. Toro that Calcan. is also Cobb Vance. <laughs> I, I was about to say that too, Mel. <laughs> Toro Calican. He's like, hey, I like Toro. He's like picking up Toro Calican from the club at like 2 a.m. And first of all, he's given the wrong fucking address. And he's like, oh, I'm going to throw up. And Din is like, please don't throw up in my car. And he's like, too late. And he's like, fuck. I, what does Fennec yeah. do? Um, I feel like Fennec is just completely silent the entire the entire ride. This is who I think would be very interesting. The Uber pool that is Bo-Katan and the Night Owls. <laughs> they, are, they are getting into politics and religion immediately. And he's like, I don't like the energy you have brought into the studio today. Thank he's like you. like blasting music. He's like, I can't take this. Bo-Katan sits in the middle seat. This yeah. is what, this is my theory. First of all, she sits in the middle seat. Second of all, she reaches her head over the front seat and is like, you Mandalorian? And he's like, yes. And she's like, interesting. I just had some notes about that. She like just starts talking about like oh, no. him. Also, I would say um, Fennec treats the Uber like he's like, hi, how are you? And she's like, you know where to go. Like she treats it like a <laughs> professional chauffeur situation doesn't say her. a word and then she okay who do we think out of the mandalorian would not tip aside from bo-katan Toro bo-katan Calican. would not tip after so true <laughs> also i he do throws feel like- up in the car <laughs> and the next morning uber is like do you want to tip your driver he's like fuck no <laughs> that and then additionally i do like the idea of Pelimato not tipping in the app but she gives him like ten dollars like hard cash and he's like what and she's like the app will take most of this away. I'm just giving you direct to the source. She's she's like deeply conspiratorial. She's like, you don't know. They'll take the money from you. You don't you know. know. Um, pa- Pelly, she'll she'll talk the whole time about how like the issue of like taxi medallions and like what Uber is doing to this to this country and whatever, whatever. And people like here, I know I'm not supposed to, but a little bit on the side. And he's like, I really can't by the guild like by the guild rules, whatever. He's like, I I really can't like have to and I'll get in trouble, whatever. And he's like, she's like, you know, I, you know, this is what happens in capitalism. You know what I mean? I like the idea <laughs> where he's like, she's like, I'm leaving this here. And she, like, pats it on the seat and leaves. Oh, and she's the one, she gets in, it's an Uber pool with her pit, with her pit droids, and her pit <laughs> droids have to use, um, a, she asked for a USB charger. Oh. <laughs> USB charger pit droids in the fucking car. I'm in love with this. Luke Skywalker is obviously the one that gets in the Uber and is like, hi. <laughs> I can't with this. He didn't order the Uber. Um, actually, like he he ordered a different Uber, and then uh, he got in the wrong car. <laughs> I like the idea that Luke Skywalker just gets into a stranger's car, and Din is like, "Can I help you?" Well, no, Din is fully off hours, but Luke saw the little Uber sign in his dash, and he was like, "Oh my god, my Uber's here!" And Leia's like, "No, it's not, not it." And he's too well, late. He's gone. I love that so much because also he's like, I'll pay you. And it's like, money is money. (laughs) I got places to be. Well, unlike a lot of the Ubers, they all look the same because they're all like a black Toyota Camry. So like, he's just like, oh, it's a black Toyota Camry. And he gets in and he's like, no, Luke is just gay and he doesn't know what a Camry is. (laughs) But literally he sees like the color and he's like, that's it. There are four different models of car in a lineup. And he's like, they're all red. So it could be any one of them. And then freaking Din just accepts because he's like, I got a child to feed. Literally, he's like, all right, you have a destination in mind. Anyways, what would Boss do for a job? I thought about it, and <laughs> this is really stupid, but I was just like, what about, y'all know, like, Steve Irwin, Crocodile Hunter, <laughs> what it's Bosk. 
No. I literally was going to say, like, some form of zookeeper is Bosk's energy, so that actually does work a lot. Wait, is he Joe Exotic? No. Because he's, he's immoral? No. He's Joe, no. Or is he Carol Baskin? Maybe he, like, started off like that, but, you know, he, like, reunites with his sister, and, like, she's just like, you can't be doing this kind of shit, and he's like, you right. No, no, he's Joe Exotic because he goes to jail, and then he, like, realizes the place. <laughs> Listen, you are... You assume that I know things about Joe Exotic, which I don't. I I didn't. No, and then they become. So all I know about that, he's the one that gets that's related to the Carol Baskin lady, right? Yeah. No, I didn't. Who's know Carol anything. Baskin? Or a sing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Like, who wants to kill him? I like the idea of Bosk on the Discovery Channel. I think yeah. Very like. I don't know a lot Have about Joe ever... Exotic, but like, I feel like he just get really into animals. And I appreciate Have you ever seen like Snoop Dogg narrate like some animal planet, like whatever the fuck, like videos? Oh yeah, like the um the Earth videos that everybody gets really high to. Yeah, <laughs> but like, it, what about it's Boss narrating one of those like animal like documentaries? He's the host, he's the host of Zaboomafu. Not the Damn, host. I was literally Zaboom. about to say Zaboomafosk. <laughs> fuck you, me. And you and Zabuma Fosk. I like how all the other jobs were like, oh, he'd be a plumber or like a truck driver. And then we get to Bosk and it's like, he'd be a, a man implicated in a murder that has to do with big cats. I was just saying crocodile hunter Bosk and Claudia dragged Joe Exotic into the- I, I think Bosk would be the Joe Exotic. Sorry. I do like the idea of Bosk with an Australian accent, though. That is very. He funny. still has his little, like you know, the little yeah, like, he's like his reptile, reptile like his yeah. So awesome <laughs> on the Barbie. <laughs> I can't. Barbie. I can't do anywhere near an Australian accent. But the idea of the long s's with that would be very funny to me. If only Ollie was here, they'd Literally. be able to do it. For the final segment of our podcast, we're going to be playing a little game called Name That Ship. Name That Ship is basically um, a segment wherein. One of our hosts, or multiple multiple of our hosts, uh, bring in a fan fiction from the dark reaches of AO3. Sometimes it's a cursed ship, and that's why we're, they're bringing it to the podcast. Sometimes it's just like funny tags, but it always tells a story. This is no hate to um, you know the the authors of these fan fictions. Fan fiction writers are the backbone of fandom communities. Um, so no disrespect. We're not making fun of your fan fiction. We simply want to observe it like anthropologists like um, bosk <laughs> okay anthropologist bosk i'm kind of into that the fan fiction i've brought to you today doesn't have a ship but it is a crossover of the century it made me laugh out loud i've just actually read the author's note this has been mentioned in another podcast before that's how, how this <laughs> book wild this is um so buckle up the name of this fanfiction is called Baby, Take a Chance with Me. What I need you to guess is basically the crossover, um, but just bear with me. Characters include character A, character B, character C, character D, character F, the Mandalorian, Toro Calican, Pelimato. Additional tags. They're gonna make a big star out of me. It's been a long, long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. May the blank be with you the fab force insert character from star wars it's the fifth blank queer eye 
No, it is not Queer Eye. Not Queer Eye. What's that? It's not McElroy. It's not McElroy. It's not the McElroys, no. Oh, Jesus. Um, do you want me to read the summary? Yes. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> character A, character B, character C, and character D. Struggling musicians with a semi-regular gig at Moss Eisley Cantina on the planet of Tatooine take on a gifted young horn player whom they nickname a name in this story inspired by the television show The Mandalorian. Was Din Djarin sold to One Direction? <laughs> no, Din Djarin was not <laughs> okay. sold to One Direction. So, are, are the characters, the Star Wars characters, all... Man- from the Mandalorian? Yes. So some of them are from the thing that's being crossed over and some of them are from the Mandalorian, yes. right? Specifically, the young, <laughs> gifted young horn player is a character from the Mandalorian. Grogu? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> the way that I was going to say Fennec Shand, but oh well. No. Is, is, Din, is Din one of the characters? No. So the rest of the characters, like in this fan fiction, are from the crossover. And Noah, earlier you said sold to One Direction. You're not too off. <gasps> big Time Rush? No. Not is it, big a, is time it a boy rush? band? Jonas I Brothers. Mean, it's in a way a boy band. The Beatles? Yes, it is the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> so are you ready to reread the tags with me real quick? Yeah. No. They're going to make a big star out of me. It's been a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I may the this. May the Beatles be with you. And then my favorite tag of all time, Baby Yoda is the fifth beetle. I love how you said One Direction. You said a boy band kind of like they are the original. They are the boy band. Also followed by, hey, can I read you the first sentence real quick? Hey, Aunt Pelly, I'm home. Shouted John <laughs> Leno Naka. That is a combination of John Lennon and Hondo Onaka's name. That did they fuck in this? (laughs) Did you fuck John Lennon, Hondo Onaka? So Grogu is a talented horn player who becomes the The fifth fifth beetle. Yes, alongside a version of John Lennon. Wait, (laughs) John Lennon's child by Hondo Onaka? No, I think it's just a combination. It's just like, are they married? I don't know because. Pelimoto is John Lenonaka's aunt. So that's this okay. is so much to take in. I, also followed by would you like to figure find out how I found this fan fiction? I yeah. would love to. I was going down through the fucking Toro Calican tag and I <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not gonna read you the, the name of the the fic because it will give it away. It is character A slash character B. I'm not going to name this character because I will also give away who uh, the ship is. Um, Rush Clovis, Savage Opress, Aura Singh, Padme Amidala, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Massage Ventress, C-3PO, R2-D2, Cad Bane, Chewbacca, Dangar, Star Wars, Bosk, IG-88, Zuckus, Lando Calrissian, Greedo, Star Wars, Ever After slash Cinderella AU. Slow Burn. Fairy Tale em- Elements. Sci Fi Setting. Fluff. No Smut. Rush is Super Manipulative. Cad Bane is a Creeper. Character A is a ball of sunshine that deserves better. Character B is a smug but lovable asshole. 
Jedi training, disguises, mistaken identity, hostage situations, rescue missions, fight scenes on top, a spaceship, Obi-Wan is sad, Padme out- outlives Anakin by quite a lot, Sidious dies early, no Darth Vader slash Darkseid Anakin, Aura is super thirsty for character B, Savage is actually a decent person to character A, other character that I didn't want to list, character C is a super protective badass, uh, romance, happy ending, minor character death. Is this Jay Gobi? No. No, Obi-Wan was mentioned and he wasn't. Oh. Yeah, because I listed Obi-Wan. Is, is a clone or Jango one of them? No. Is a Jedi one of them? Yes. But, mm, yeah. Did you mention Ahsoka at all? I can't remember. No, Ahsoka is not in this. Dooku? No, it's not Craig. Igon? No. Is Anakin one of them? No, I mentioned Anakin. Oh, sorry. I just, I... Quinlan Vos? No. No. But they are a Jedi from the Clone Wars. No. Oh. Oh. Luke Skywalker? So they're a force yes. user? <gasps> Wait, what? Luke Skywalker? Yes, Luke is character A. Wait, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> okay, so this is an AU where I'm guessing Padme had the twins earlier? Or she survived and then it became like, or Luke- Post-Order to- 66, right? Kinda. Order 66 doesn't happen. It didn't happen okay, because, yeah, yeah, they did kill Palps. Is but it- Anakin is because it said that you said that Padme outlived Anakin. So Anakin yeah, is dead Anakin died. Is is the other character a bounty hunter, a Jedi? They're not about. Yeah, they're not a bounty hunter or a Jedi. Um, are they a Force user? No. Okay, are they a character from the original trilogy? Yes. Biggs, dark lighter. No. Han Solo. Yes. <laughs> it's wait, it's Luke and Han. Yeah, it's a. <laughs> And Aura Singh is a simp for Han? Yeah, character C was Leia, by the way. That's why I didn't want to say, like... (laughs) But this is a Cinderella AU, or, like, Ever After. It's called The Prince and the Farm Boy. Anakin dies during the Clone Wars. They do manage to kill Palpatine. Like, Anakin never became, you know, dark side boy. He just, he passed away. Um, Leia actually is not related to Luke in this fic, to my understanding. She is, like... Um, Bail Organa and like Brea Organa's actual like child. Padme just gave birth to Luke. She only had one kid. And um, you know, Anakin passed away, and then she was like sad because she was like, Oh no, my husband and like my poor son will have no father. And then later on in like Luke's life, she marries Rush Clovis, unfortunately, (laughs) and his two adopted children who become Luke's step siblings. Arsabajo Press and Aura Singh. Huh? I'm sorry. And Savage Han is a is a prince from a different planet. Child. Oh, good for Savage. Yeah, you want the summary? I was reading I actually a couple it. chapters of this. It doesn't seem that bad, actually. I was just kind of like, huh? When Luke's widowed mother marries her old friend Rush Clovis and brings him and his children to live at her estate. Luke thinks his wish for a family has finally come true. Unfortunately, things don't turn out quite the way he had expected. Now every day is a struggle just to survive his awful stepfamily. But when a daring mission to rescue his droid leads to a chance encounter with a handsome prince of another planet, Luke's life takes a turn for the complicated. All he has to do now is keep his newly formed relationship a secret from his stepfamily, while keeping his true identity hidden from a rather unusually roguish prince. 
Okay, that's... I I love Luke and Han, but Rush Clovis does make me want to beat my head in. Yeah, evil stepmother. He's the evil stepmother. I did just have the horrible thought of Luke Skywalker as portrayed by Camilla Cabello. Um, in no! Like, <laughs> Not girl boss Luke Skywalker! Yeah, and I found this fic because I was looking through the Zuckus tag. I forgot Zuckus is one of the <laughs> Yeah, Zuckus is in here, but is he one this of the fic mice? has 70... I, I don't know what he's... Oh my god, the idea of the mouse droids being the mice of the game is very funny. No, okay, how MSC6 are mouse droids? played by James Corden. Thank you so much for joining us this week for our Bounty Hunter episode on the road to... Uh, the Book of Boba Fett um, on RuPaul's Pod Race. Our episodes usually drop on Sundays. For updates, Star Wars news, more cursed shit, you can follow us on social media at RuPaul's Pod Race on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you really love the show, please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts and also Podchaser. Um, even if you don't use Apple Podcasts as your podcatcher or you've never used podchaser before uh, check it out it is very helpful thank you so much as always thanks for joining us may the force be with you and don't crip it up waka 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 waka, waka, waka. waka.